Good morning, faithful listener. You are listening to the Bible Explained podcast, where the Bible gets explained. So grab your cup of coffee and stay tuned as we read through the book of Deuteronomy. Hey, faithful listeners, it is Jen here with the Bible Explained podcast. And today I'm going to jump right into what we're talking about, which is Deuteronomy chapter 15, because I think this might be kind of a really in-depth topic, because I'm going to start talking about uh, socialism and capitalism (laughs) in today's episode. And you guys might be like, oh boy, I don't know if I want to hear this, but just hear me out with some of the stuff I'm going to talk about, because I think it really does apply. So let's go ahead and read Deuteronomy 15 verses 1 through 11 today. As always, I'll be reading out the W.E.B. version of the Bible. Feel free to pause the podcast to go grab the version of the Bible you prefer, and also your cup of coffee or your cup of tea. And let's go ahead and read Deuteronomy 15, 1 through 11. At the end of every seven years, you shall cancel debts. This is the way it shall be done. Every creditor shall release that which he has lent to his neighbor. He shall not require payment from his neighbor and his brother, because Yahweh's release has been proclaimed. Of a foreigner, you may require it, but whatever of yours is with your brother, your hand shall release. However, there will be no poor with you, for Yahweh will surely bless you in the land which Yahweh your God gives you for an inheritance to possess." If only you diligently listen to Yahweh your God's voice to observe to do all this commandment which I command you today. For Yahweh your God will bless you as he promised you. You will lend to many nations, but you will not borrow. You will rule over many nations, but they will not rule over you. If a poor man, one of your brothers, is with you within any of your gates in your land which Yahweh your God gives you, you shall not harden your heart nor shut your hand from your poor brother, but you shall surely open your hand to him and shall surely lend him sufficient for his needs which he lacks. Beware that there not be a wicked thought in your heart, saying, The seventh year, the year of release, is at hand, and your eye be evil against your poor brother, and you give him nothing, and he cry to Yahweh against you, and it be sin to you. You shall surely give, and your heart shall not be grieved when you give to him, because it is for this thing that Yahweh your God will bless you in all your work and in all that you put your hand to. For the poor will never cease out of the land. Therefore I command you to surely open your hand to your brother, to your needy, and to your poor in your land. So God is talking about debts here and how people were supposed to loan and give and give freely because this would bless not only the giver, but it would bless the person that was the give e, I suppose, <laughs> the person who was receiving the gift. And God was saying that the giver was going to be blessed by giving. And that's stated so many times in scripture that God does bless and loves the cheerful giver. We talked about all that actually the other day. And if you want to hear that episode, you can go back to Wednesdays where I talked all about the cheerful giver and how God loves that. But now God is talking about debts and he's specifically talking to the person that would be giving the money or the resources away. But this is talking specifically to, honestly, the wealthy. So when I was reading this, I was trying to figure out what I was going to talk about because I already talked about the cheerful giver. I've, I've discussed tithes and giving a lot on the podcast, and I've even talked about the pr- prosperity gospel. And that's something I do want to mention real quick, though, regarding the prosperity gospel. And you guys know what the prosperity gospel is if you've listened to me in the past. It's basically the ideology that 
if you follow God, God is going to bless you with all this prosperity, basically. And the reason it's dangerous to believe that is because, first and foremost, God does not always bless people with prosperity. But the second reason is that even here, what we just read, these wealthy people who were blessed because they were following God, they did have to do their share of the work. In verse 10, it says, you shall surely give and your heart shall not be grieved when you give to him because it is for this thing. Yahweh, your God will bless you in all your work and all that you put your hand to. So there you go right there. I mean, it still required work on the individual's part, even though God did promise to bless his people back in these days. They still had to do their fair share. God very rarely throughout scripture just blesses somebody for being lazy and for not moving. It always requires work. I mean, even Proverbs, you're going to see that the author of that book says, do hard work and God will bless you for it. So the prosperity gospel in many ways is just false. And this is another reason why I believe it is, is because of verse 10 of Deuteronomy 15. And personally, I would avoid uh, a pastor that that preaches the prosperity gospel. But anyway, moving on. The one thing that I noticed about Deuteronomy 15, this portion, was that it was talking to the wealthy. And then it was also talking about how the wealthy should distribute their funds to people who are poorer than they are. So looking at this, when I first read it, I was like, wow. I was like, I wonder if this promotes a socialist kind of mindset and socialism really is a good construct according to God. So that's something that I kind of wanted to talk about today, though it is a very political topic. I've been getting a little bit more political recently, I realize. So I'm sorry to you guys if you don't really like politics. If I'm being honest, I don't really like them either. But our culture is very political. And I do want to speak to some of those issues because a lot of them are important to God and a lot of them are in Scripture. So I think today with Deuteronomy 15, it's a great time to discuss socialism because I think if somebody were looking at this who maybe liked the idea of socialism, they would be like, oh, God really does promote socialism. So first and foremost, I want to talk about what socialism is. And this is going to be difficult for me because if I'm being honest, I didn't really know what socialism was before I began this episode. I kind of always believed that socialism and communism were the same thing, though I I did hear people in the past saying like, no, 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 socialism is very different than communism. Socialism is more owned by the people. So I looked it up and I decided to figure out what the difference was between communism and socialism. I actually have this like little chart, this comparison chart (laughs) right here in front of me about the differences between communism and socialism. And if I'm being honest, I still don't know the difference between the two. They just seem very, very similar to me. So correct me if I'm wrong, but socialism to me almost seems like communism light. That's just the best way I can describe it. Because they have many, many similarities, but not a lot of differences from what I'm looking at. I mean, even the thing with religion here, it says that communism abolishes all religion, but socialism, on the other hand, has the freedom of religion, but promotes secularism. Which that makes literally no sense to me because secularism and freedom of religion are, that that's like a dichotomy. That is two different things, very, very different things that cannot coexist in the same space, I don't think. 
because freedom of religion is the opposite of secularism. So if something promotes secularism, I don't think it's going to tolerate freedom of religion for long. But what I really want to discuss regarding socialism is kind of how it might relate to Deuteronomy 15 regarding the distribution of wealth. So here's what it says that socialism is. It says um, it's constructed by basically a government that provides free health care and education through taxation and redistributing wealth across basically the uh, community. And so, yeah, I mean, if you look at that point, you might think that Deuteronomy 15, God is promoting this kind of socialist ideology, how the wealthy need to redistribute their wealth to the poorer people. But the difference is, is that there was no centralized government that God was establishing for his people, which means that the government was not in control of this money at all. The individual was in control of their own money. Looking at this now, I actually don't think that this is promoting socialism, especially since I also decided to look up what capitalism is versus socialism. Now, of course, capitalism, for all of you guys that live in America, <laughs> you all know what a capitalist society is. Everybody gets a fair chance at being able to build wealth on their own through hard work and through owning businesses and all that. And so when I'm seeing Deuteronomy 15, to me, this almost describes capitalism a lot more than socialism because God isn't talking about any kind of centralized government. And God certainly isn't talking about equality here at all. That, that's kind of the point of socialism is to give everybody like equality across the board, kind of, or equity, I suppose. And capitalism, that's not the case. Not everybody is going to succeed, but everybody gets a fair chance Whereas socialism or communism wants everybody to be equal or have an equitable outcome, I suppose. In fact, here's what it says in verse 11. For the poor will never cease out of the land. The poor would never cease. I mean, that means that there's always going to be poor people. And the reason was, was because even though God built a society where everybody had a fair chance at being able to build wealth on their own, that didn't mean that everybody was going to do that. Because here's what it says, actually. And if you're looking at this, you might think that God was contradicting himself in verses four and verse 11. Here's what verse four says. However, there will be no poor with you for Yahweh will surely, surely bless you in the land which Yahweh your God gives you for an inheritance to possess. If only you diligently listen to Yahweh your God's voice to observe, to do all this commandment, which I command you today. So God's saying, if you follow the law perfectly and everything that I give you, there's going to be no poor among you in this land. But then in verse 11, for the poor will never cease out of the land. <laughs> And I find this quite funny because basically what God is saying is that, yeah, I already know that you all aren't going to listen to this uh, this word that I'm giving you. I already know that you all are going to fail and that there's always going to be poor among you for whatever reason. Maybe because, maybe, because the rich refused to lend to the poor. Maybe because the, the poor man didn't follow God's laws and did something silly with his money. But it didn't matter. God was very clear that the poor would always be around. Now, if God was promoting a socialist kind of economy, that wouldn't be the case. 
that what socialism is trying to accomplish is that there is no poor, basically. Everybody has equal rights to housing and equal rights to whatever else, free education. But uh, that's not what God is promoting here. To me, looking at this objectively, this sounds a lot more like a capitalist society that God's putting in place, but with less greed, almost. Like, the wealthy needed to take care of the poor. So this kind of brings me more to, like, what the Amish community is. I actually live near the Amish community. I'm very close to them. I live out in the middle of nowhere. And so <laughs> I'm near a uh, quite a large population of Amish people where I live. And the Amish really take care of each other. And they're quite rich also. They do great work. I have actually quite a few Amish-made um, pieces of furniture in my house. In fact, my desk, I saved up to get this desk, and my husband also uh, contributed toward the desk that I am currently using. I love it. I love this piece of furniture. The Amish do great work. But they take care of each other. Like when there is a bad problem that goes on in their community, they are there for that person in their community. When somebody's husband dies, when a barn, you know, uh, goes up in flames, they do a barn raising. They, uh, you know, give food to to the people who are poor in their community. This is what God is promoting. He is promoting less greed. He is promoting people taking care of each other. He's promoting the wealthy giving. You know, they they might live in a capitalist society. They might uh, have gained wealth through their hard work. But regardless, they should still be generous with their money, even though, you know, they they worked hard to, to get that money. They should still be generous. So what God is promoting here is generosity and giving. Because once again, this really does boil down to God loves the cheerful giver. Because here's what it says in verse 7. It says, If a poor man, one of your brothers, is with you within any of your gates in your land... You shall not harden your heart nor shut your hand from your poor brother, but you shall surely open your hand to him. You shall surely lend to him sufficient for his needs, which he lacks. Then it says, beware that there's not a wicked thought in your heart saying the seventh year, their year of release is at hand and your eye be evil against your poor brother and you give him nothing. And he cries to Yahweh against you and it be sin to you. So it's a sin to be greedy. That's what God says right here. It's a sin. It, what it's talking about here regarding the seventh year, and this is something I didn't exactly mention, every seventh year, all debts were supposed to be canceled. And this was consistent for everybody. It wasn't like when somebody lends to another person at that moment, it starts the seven years. No, it was the same year for everybody. Does that make sense? A wealthy person might not want to lend to somebody because the seventh year of you know, canceling debts is almost there. Like, say it's the next year. And so that wealthy guy is like, oh boy, I don't want to lend to this poor man because he might not be able to pay me back within the next year when all the debts have to get canceled. God's saying, that shouldn't even be a factor to you. That shouldn't be a factor because that man is still poor. That man is in need. And so give to him because I freely gave to you. I gave you all this prosperity and because I did that for you, you should also be willing to do that for other people. This kind of boils down to do to others as you want others to do to you. The golden rule that Jesus speaks of. This isn't talking about distributing other people's wealth to that poor man. 
What God is saying is that you are the one who is supposed to give to that poor man. If you have enough and if you feel it on your heart that you think that there's too many poor people out there, or you have a specific organization that you particularly love that helps the poor people or helps the homeless people, then give. It is your responsibility to give. It's not another person's responsibility. It is yours. And God makes that quite clear right here. Well, faithful listeners, I do hope that you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, and if you think people will like it, share it on your social media platforms. Tell people that the Bible Explained podcast exists. And also, if you would like to help the podcast to grow, please rate the podcast five stars on whatever platform you're listening on and write a review. I am very thankful for all the reviews I have been getting already. I do read them. I like them. Thank you. And yeah, guys, I really do hope you have a wonderful, wonderful weekend. Always feel free to contact me if you have a question about anything that we uh, talked about today in the podcast. And you'll find my information in the bio of the podcast episode. And also check out all the other links. You know, if you want to get yourself a t-shirt to promote P40 Ministries or the Bible Explained podcast, that link is also in the description of this podcast episode. So you can wear your merch of the Bible Explained podcast nice and proudly for everybody to see. Friends and faithful listeners, have a wonderful, wonderful weekend. Happy listening and God bless.